seated. Let me encourage you now to join me in taking your copy of God's Word, our P Bible, and turn with me to our passage for this morning, which is Proverbs 1, chapter, sorry, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. So our passage this morning, Proverbs 1, verse 7. A few months ago, we started, can't hear? Is that better? It's amazing when you turn something on when it works, right? So turn to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Hopefully you can hear that now. Uh, a few months ago, beginning of summer, I believe around Memorial Day, we began our summer series on the, on the book of Proverbs, and we're going to uh, conclude that this morning and prepare next Sunday for our fall sermon series on the book of Nehemiah. But we have spent this summer looking at this book that is known as the book of God's wisdom. And it's a rather practical approach to wisdom, because wisdom is practical in of itself. We'll talk here a little bit more, a little bit here, and a little bit longer, a little bit, however. We'll talk about it here in a few minutes. And what we see is that wisdom should always be a part of the life of the people of God. That how we think and what we think and how we live is of great importance to God. So great that he's given us an entire book on it. Now we only made it through uh, into the sixth chapter. There's plenty more chapters to go. And we'll maybe pick up on it again next summer. But I believe we've kind of gotten a gist of what this is about. So we're going to conclude this series this morning by coming to this passage we've looked at at the beginning of the series and it's one of the passages in Proverbs that most of us are familiar with. We think about uh, verses we know from Proverbs, or ones we've memorized, it's Proverbs 1, verse 7. And so we're going to end with this thesis, this summary of the whole book. And so hopefully you found it by now. Let me pray for us, and we will come to this verse together and have the Lord lead us in this time. So let's pray for his leading now. Lord, we pray, we pray for that very simply, Lord. Guide us in this time now. Thank you, you have guided us every Sunday we've come before your word. Even uh, when the preacher may stammer and stumble, you are faithful. Your word is always effective and effectual when it goes out. So we pray for that this morning. As we conclude our series on the book of Proverbs, Lord, help us to spend this one last Sunday in it to soak into wisdom you have for us in it, a wisdom that always points us to Jesus Christ. Do this, O Lord, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. So Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. And we will stand together now for the reading of God's word. So let's stand. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands, forget, stands forever. Even this verse that was written almost 3,000 years ago still stands in truth and application. Amen. You may be seated. So we've discussed before, we, we see in Scripture, we see in Christian literature, the Christian life is often referred to as a journey or pilgrimage. Because we understand in our faith that 
This life isn't all there is for us. The opening chapter is our birth, but it doesn't end at our death and there's nothing more. This is just a part of our story. This is a, we're given this life to prepare us for our eternity with God. When we die, we go on to our eternal destination. And so as Christians, we know then that this short time, when you think about it in terms, of, uh, in terms of eternity, this short time we have here on earth, it, it's just a journey, it's just a pilgrimage to prepare us for our eternity in and with Christ. We've referenced John Bunyan's book before, Pilgrim's Progress, and it says it all right there, that the main character, Christian, is a pilgrim. And the book is this, is this story about pilgrim, or about Christian as a pilgrim making his way through life here on earth, all the ups and downs of the faith, to, 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 to end, to conclude with his eternity with the Lord in Celestial City. One of the most popular books ever written is about that truth of the Christian mind. It's a journey, it's a pilgrimage. As a part of theme, we find in Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. It's all about a journey, this, this, this group that goes on a journey, but focusing on Frodo and Sam as they are going on this perilous journey to accomplish good, to ups and downs of it, to accomplish good. This, and all these wonderful allusions to the Christian faith, the Christian life is a journey, it's a pilgrimage. And what we have found in the book of Proverbs is that on this journey, we need God's wisdom. This isn't a journey, a pilgrimage that we, we kind of make up the map and we make up our rules along the way. We need God's wisdom to faithfully make this journey. We can think of, maybe we can think of God's wisdom as a walking stick that we need on a pilgrimage. Something steady. Something we can hold on to. Something that will help guide us, guide our way on the right paths. So when we think about the Christian life. And we think about it in terms of our shorter catechism, that our chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. The book of Proverbs calls us to realize that we need God's wisdom for this journey. If we are a Christian and we're starting at point A and we want to make it to the end point, we don't do it on our own. We need God's wisdom for this journey. So as wisdom isn't an option. Right? This isn't, the book of Proverbs isn't a book that that just is in there for whoever wants to read it. So we said in Sunday school, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable. So the book of Proverbs is the word of God and is profitable for us because we need God's wisdom. Because we, as disciples of Jesus Christ, should never think about trying to walk faithfully without God's wisdom guiding us. We may think of that famous Chinese proverb, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. The book of Proverbs teaches us that the journey of a faithful Christian life begins with the first step of wisdom. If we don't take that first step of wisdom, it all will come crumbling down like a house of cards. One of the things I appreciate about the book of Proverbs and its wisdom is that it doesn't sugarcoat reality. Proverbs from the very beginning makes it clear that the Christian life is a tough life. It's tough because we're sinners, and there's sin, and that makes our life hard. There are evil people, and they are seeking our demise. 
We live in a fallen world that wants to destroy us. So the Christian journey, as we find it, and the wisdom of Proverbs tells us, the Christian journey isn't always you know, a flat, smooth path that is lined with beautiful flowers and plants, and everybody on this path is agreeable, and they're all moving in the same direction at the same speed, and the sun is always shining, and there's no trouble. It's not the Christian life. That's none of our Christian lives. That's not the... Christian life we see in the book of Proverbs, none of the Christian life we see in Scripture or in any part of history. Going back to Lord of Rings, think of this quote of Bilbo speaking to Frodo where he says, It's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. I think that's a wonderful summary of the Christian journey. It can be a dangerous journey. It can lead to death. We think of what's going on in Afghanistan. People are dying for their faith. They're dying because they're going to church. They're dying because they're telling us about Jesus. They're dying dying because they have Bible apps on their phone. It can be dangerous. We don't always know where God's going to take us. We don't always end up where maybe we wanted to end up. We don't know always how we will fare on it. And that's why we need God's wisdom. We need his help on that journey. We need his wisdom so we can know when to enjoy the good parts of the journey. We need his wisdom to help us navigate the tough parts. We need this wisdom. Because the book of Proverbs, we're told the opposite of wisdom is being a fool. When the Bible says you're a fool, that's never a good thing. So we need wisdom for our faith in life so we don't become fools destined for destruction. So the implication in a a sense of, of the book of Proverbs is if we long to be faithful to God, if it's our desire to live for his glory and joy, then we need his wisdom. We can think of in the book of James where it says if you draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. We take Proverbs and we apply it to it. If you want to draw closer to God, then you need this wisdom. Fools don't draw close to God. It's only those who have the wisdom of God. We see this wisdom played throughout Scripture. We'll see it in books such as Nehemiah, which is not only, uh, which is not only about rebuilding the wall, but it's the, re- the, the wisdom. And not only the wisdom of rebuilding the wall, but also of the process of what parts to repair and who to put there and, 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 and how to do it. So this morning we come to this thesis verse as our ending summary for this summer in the book of Wisdom. So as we think about wisdom in the context of Proverbs, we need to come back and, and, and rethink, what is this wisdom? How does the book of Proverbs think about wisdom? We've defined it before, that biblical wisdom is the combination of knowledge and practical experience. So, so wisdom is, is, is taking knowledge and then living it out. It's, it's, it's taking knowledge and then living out that knowledge. It's learning to live. Remember we talked about before, you know, some people say we have to you know, live, and, live and learn. Well, the book of Proverbs says you need learning to live. You need to learn how you can better live for God's glory. Do you want the blessings of Christ? Do you need to learn what those blessings are and how to obtain them so you can live them out. 
So wisdom begins with learning. So which means that wisdom comes first from the careful and deliberate study of God's word. And that's just, that's the foundation of all this. The foundation of wisdom begins with the careful and deliberate study of God's word. Listen, I, I know I can sound like a broken record on this. We're coming up on nine years that we've been here, and, and, I, and I don't know how many times I've counseled this from, from this pulpit and teaching Sunday school on Wednesday nights and personal counseling. But we need the careful and deliberate study of God's word. Now, I'm not saying that because that's just my jam, and I like to say that and tell people that. I, I say that because that's what God's word counsels. It's the counsel of the book of Proverbs. It's the counsel of all of Scripture. From beginning to end, the counsel is that Christians are to carefully and deliberately study God's word. We go to the Gospel of John. And Jesus is preparing to be crucified. He knows Calvary's coming. He knows what's going to happen to him at Golgotha. He goes and he prays. And the prayer is recorded for us in John 17. It's the high priestly prayer. And it's what Jesus prays for his disciples then. It's what he prays for his disciples today. When you read through that, you're reading that Jesus is praying for you. And one of the things that Jesus prays for you and for me is this. Father, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. I want us to take a moment to think about what Jesus prays there. He says, Father, make them more like me. And how will he do that? Through your word. It's astounding to think that as Jesus faced the cross, as he faced the hell of the cross, you know what he prayed for? Father, make sure your people have a Bible, open it, and read it. That's what Jesus prays. Father, Sanctify them in truth. Make them, change them through truth. Your word is truth. So Jesus' prayer for his followers, for us, includes the careful and deliberate studying of God's word so that the word of God can change us. I love the idea of simplicity. I love the idea of getting rid of as many complications, nuisances, and unnecessary busyness as I can. I'm not always successful with it. I look at my calendar and it can tell you I'm not always successful with it. But I do love the idea of simplicity. And then one of the things I love about the, about the Bible is the simplicity of it. Think about what the main message of the Bible is. Sin and Jesus. If you were to boil down the main message of the Bible, it comes down very simply to it's about sin and Jesus. The Bible from beginning to end teaches the same message. Here is sin. Here's the eternal destruction that comes from sin. Here's the present destruction that comes from sin. But here's Jesus. Here's who he is. He's the son of God, the second person in Trinity, who came to save his people from their sins so they can now live in him through faith in him alone. So that, that's, that's the main summary of the Bible. It's just that simple. Now, there's times we want to kind of complicate it, right? But that's not us. That's not on God. The message is very clear. It's about sin and its effects. and about Jesus and him saving us from sins. And in the simplicity of that, we're told God's wisdom begins with and continues on with the careful, deliberate study of God's word. 
He says, look, wisdom is this. It's taking this simple message of sin and Jesus and carefully and deliberately studying it. That is what blesses you. That's what a wise Christian does. That's what a faithful Christian does. They study God's word. They take every opportunity they can to be in God's word. Worship, Sunday school, Bible studies, daily personal devotions, all a part of the wise and faithful Christian life. Think through the Christians in your life that you think of as being wise. And what do they have in common? They had those things in common. They faithfully went to church. They were faithful attenders at Sunday school. Maybe they were ones who got the little pins from the Sunday school for perfect attendance for all their lives. If there was a Bible study at church, they were going to attendance. When you went by their house in the morning or afternoon or evening, you would find them in their Bibles doing their daily personal devotions. That's the life of a wise and faithful Christian. But wisdom isn't just knowledge. It, wisdom is a careful and deliberate study of God's word so we can live it out. We're not called to be ivory tower Christians. But I mean, we don't just study God's word so we can just keep up in our brain. It's meant to connect down to our hearts. You may have heard the illustration before that the distance from the head to heart is only 18 inches. But for some of us, it's much further when it comes to wisdom. As ARPs, we are a part of that group of Reformed Presbyterian Christians, which means we like head knowledge. We like theology. We can see it in our Sunday school curriculum. We can see it all around us. We like theology. We like to dive in deep into what God's Word teaches. We're not always afraid of the big theological words. Somebody goes, says something about justification, you go, ah, I've heard that before. A sanctification, ah, I think I've got a handle on that. We like knowledge. It's a part of our DNA. But biblical wisdom says that head knowledge should always make its way to the heart, to the way we live. That what we learn from our careful and deliberate study of God's word should always be applied to our lives. It's a mind for truth that informs a heart for God. So studying God's word should change us. Think back to what Jesus prays for us. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify is a word of change. It's not about, about static stability. It's a word of change. It's a word... That means that through the work of God's free grace, we are renewed in the whole person after the image of God, and we are enabled more and more to die in the sin, and we are to live in the righteousness. Another way to put it, sanctify means we're being made to be more like Jesus. And every Christian is being sanctified. No Christian is meant to stay in the same place they were when they first came to faith. We're being changed, we're being sanctified, and what Jesus says is that change comes from studying God's word to live it out. Not just head knowledge, but heart knowledge. We don't want to be known as the smartest, most theologically precise people in the room because those people are just jerks. They always have a a right answer. They're always going to correct you. 
We don't want to be those people. We want to be more like Jesus. We want to be like Paul, who used to be that jerk, who knew all the theology, who was going to correct you. And, and, and for goodness sakes, if, if, if he was there when you're trying to read through those names in the Old Testament, he'd be the first one to correct you. But when he came to faith, when Jesus captured him, he went from being the most theologically precise guy in the room to saying, for me to live is Christ. Now his theology was precise. His theology was good. But it went from head to heart. We want to be more like Jesus. We want Jesus to shine bright in us. When people know us, we don't want them to go, hey, that's a really theologically smart person. We want them to say, they love Jesus. And I want to love Jesus like they love Jesus. That's the goal of biblical wisdom. It's to make us more like Jesus. To be ambassadors, to be witnesses. When we follow this wisdom, at the end of it, for people to say, he or she knows Jesus and loves Jesus. And I want to know and love Jesus like he or she does. It's interesting to note as you go through the Gospels and you see Jesus teaching theology, that was his goal. His goal was to see a marked change in the life of the disciples. That's exactly what we've been studying on Wednesday nights in our study of the Upper Room Discourse. That's the same thing we see throughout Scripture. Theology is taught to change us. So that's wisdom. The careful and deliberate study of God's Word so we can live it out for His glory and joy. So taking that definition, we, we back up to the beginning uh, of, our, of our thesis verse where it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, or it says elsewhere in Scripture, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Well, if you've been here long enough, you know that when we talk about the fear of the Lord, we're not talking about scary things. But that's what we tend to think of. Right? We think of fear, we think of those things that scare and frighten us. Right? Uh, what are we, September, September 5th? And starting in about a month or so, they'll start having up haunted houses and haunted trails, getting ready for Halloween, right? People go to them, right, uh, to, to, to be scared, to have fear. We have fear of tragedies happening to our families. The fear of some calamity striking us. So fear tends for us to be a response to a situation that frightens us. But that's not the fear here. That's not the fear of the Lord. Solomon says the fear of the Lord is, is the only basis of true knowledge. So, so he can't mean that God's a boogeyman or you know, God is dressed up like the grim reaper of death. This fear is not distrustful terror of God, but it's rather the reverent awe and worshipful response of faith to God. Fear is about knowing who God is, what he's done for us, and responding in faith to this. Fear is that we are in awe of God, so we worship him. So we think about that, then the fear of the Lord means it's an openness to him. It's an eagerness to please him. It's humility to be instructed by him. It's, it's a willingness to turn from evil and change. It's a surrender to his will. The fear of the Lord is when we realize I am not God. I am his and I live for him and not for me. That's the starting point of wisdom. So for that knowledge, 
that wisdom of, 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 of carefully and studying God's word so we can live it out for his glory and joy, that begins when we first fear God. We can only have wisdom when God is the most to us and the most important to us. That's where knowledge begins, and that's how we live for God's glory alone. And Solomon explains, fools despise this. And it makes sense that fools would despise this. Fools would despise God. They, have no, they, have, they don't have healthy fear of God. They can care less about God. And that shows in the way they treat God's word, and it shows in how they live. They despise his wisdom. They despise his instruction. They have no desire to study God's word. They have no desire for it to shape and change their lives. So they are fools. And wisdom keeps us from falling into the trap of being like a fool. Through wisdom, our lives should be marked by fear of the Lord, should be marked by a careful and deliberate study of God's word, should be marked by a life that's lived for God's glory alone. That's how we should be known. The question is, is this how we are known? Maybe you're known to go to church on Sunday live like hell the next six days of the week. Maybe you're known to be that good time Christian. More emphasis on good time than Christian. Maybe we're known by a lot of other things but Jesus. A wise Christian will always be known by their fear of the Lord, their study of God's word, and their life for God alone. So as we close this morning, there's one more thing we need to, to quickly ponder, and that is Jesus Christ. How does Jesus fit into this? Let me point out just a couple ways. We can only fear God through faith in Jesus. It's only when we have received and rested upon Jesus Christ alone for salvation as he's offered in the gospel that we can fear God as we ought to. So it's faith that leads to the fear of the Lord. Therefore, faith leads to wisdom. That wisdom of knowing who Jesus is and what he has done for us and that wisdom to live according to the model he has set for us. Wisdom is knowing and believing that Jesus Christ is the second person of the Trinity. He's the Son of God. He is God incarnate. And it's knowing that he's lived perfectly for his people. He suffered and died as their substitute. He is resurrected on the third day. And he has ascended into heaven to be their mediator. And that's the sum knowledge of all Scripture teaches, isn't it? And so wisdom is taking that knowledge and living it out. And as we talked about this past Wednesday night, the golden rule for Christians is how has the Lord Jesus treated me? So many times we take they think the golden rule is doing to others as I want them to do unto me. Well, what's the emphasis on? I want to be nice to them so they're nice to me. Let me do something to them so I can get something out of them. And what wisdom says is, no, it begins with Jesus. How has the Lord Jesus treated me? then that's how I'm to treat others. And that's wisdom, isn't it? Knowing who Jesus is, what he has done for me, that's what changes my life. So as we wrap up here in Proverbs, 
we begin to make our way to Nehemiah, let's continue to hold on to that that wisdom. That the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Through faith in Jesus Christ, that we fear God so we can carefully and study his word, carefully and deliberately study his word, so we can live it out for the glory of Christ in all that we do. Let's pray.